0: Welcome back to 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, uh, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Tim Cato. I'm the Athletics Mavericks beat writer. Uh, with me, as always, we've got Dave Dufour. And today, we've got Maxley Kleba too. How, how, how badly did I just butcher your last name?
1: Uh, actually, not that bad. Like I've heard w- worse, so that was actually a decent chalk.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't go for the Kleber, uh, which I think is probably the most American way to say it.
1: If I try to explain how it's really pronounced, usually Americans don't get it because they can't hear the difference between Kleber and Kleber. Like Klebe, the first Klebe, yeah. sounds different. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And a lot of people can't hear the difference. But like I said, it's not that bad.
0: Right. Well, we, we've got Dave on for any German translation. we were just talking <laughs> before, before the break that he is uh, perfect. That, perfect. That he, he lived in Germany for a little bit. So, I, you know, I miss uh, the
2: roads. I really miss the roads. People know how to drive, man.
1: Yeah, they do know how to drive. It's it's for sure different, and I feel like the roads are a little bit better. That's why we can drive a little faster on highways.
2: Well, I yeah. learned how to drive from my high school gym teacher. That's the biggest difference. That's how. How is that
1: different? You said that's how you learned it.
2: Yes. So so in oh. in Germany, uh, correct okay. me if I'm wrong, but you had to pay to go to a driving school, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. That's that's like uh, apart from regular school, it's a different school. Yeah. Yeah. And for us, and they, it's, they, they have all kind of licenses for like motorcycles, for cars, for trucks, for everything. You have to have basically a different license,
2: and you have to graduate, right? So your yeah. first motorcycle license is a fifty cc, like scooter license,
1: basically. Yeah, but but it sounds worse than it is. Like it, it if you go through it quick, it takes you like I don't know, like eight weeks, maybe mm-hmm. twelve weeks, something yep. like that. So it, it sounds yeah. worse than it
2: is. Yeah, but it makes sense when you look at when you look at the death statistics not to go morbid but when you look at the the uh, accident rate and the death statistics for traffic accidents it is much lower per capita in germany than it is in america
1: yeah but i i don't really know because population is lower too and everything so probably less cars and all that but for sure like might play a role in there but i can't really judge so <laughs> i'm holding back on that statement
0: we uh we can make this entire podcast about urbanism if you guys want about how <laughs> yeah, urban cities are better. But uh but but yeah. Uh, are are you a car guy, Maxley? Do you ever take joy rides around Dallas?
1: Um, no. I mean I, I like cars, but it's not like I just sit in my car and drive around just for the fun of it. I would do that if I have like a new car and I really like it, but other than that I you know, I actually like to just take a walk or something like that. You know, in the summertime what I always wanted to do here is like visit Austin. I've never been and I heard great stuff about it, so you know, that would be a nice drive, but obviously right now you can't go, so I have to postpone that.
2: You should rent an old VW bus and do, like, uh, some national parks.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. For year. sure.
2: Whatever. You talking about,
1: like, Grand Canyon, Zion Canyon, and all that? Yeah. Have you been? I mean, it's beautiful. That's, yeah. No, no that, that was actually last summer on the bucket list, and I didn't get to do it. So and that was also for this summer on the bucket list. Now I can't do it again. Um, so hopefully... <laughs> Sooner than later, I can I can do it because I'm really looking forward to it. I had my little brother who was already there, showed me some pictures. It looks amazing. I really want to do that. Yeah, it's nothing and like Maybe it. I get a BMW van. and
2: I don't know. A B- well, you could go with the Mercedes Sprinter. They they have those. They're really tricked yeah. out.
1: Yeah. Big, I honestly don't even know if BMW has vans like that. I don't think so. No, I
2: don't, I'm don't not think sure they do. Though.
0: You guys are talking entirely different language. Campers, vans, all this stuff—it's uh—it's very, very foreign. I just,
1: I've, I have a, I, I, I have, a, I have what a, the talk is, is about. <laughs> that's it.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I have a, I have a car that looks like a car, and I refer to it as, as, a car, and uh, it gets me places. That, that's, that's about as far as my knowledge goes. I know that if, if lights pop yeah. on, it probably means yeah. oil, and, and otherwise, I, I, I'm in trouble, and I'm, I'm taking it to a shop. Um. <laughs> So Smart man. anyway, I, I think I think uh, I think that is about as much talk as we can get out of uh, cars and, and visiting the States. So I did want to ask, um, well, actually, uh, did did you consider at any point going back to Germany uh, dur- during the shutdown? I know Luca and, and I think Chris Stubbs just left and Luca did a couple weeks ago. Or were you always are you committed to being in Dallas throughout this?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm committed to staying here because, you know, the situation in Germany is not much different from what it is here. So if I go home you know half of my like my brothers live in munich my family lives in brookstock so my my parents so you know i can't see all of them anyway i can't really do anything i want to do so i might just stay here focus and working out you know doing lifting staying in shape and do that and once this is over and, and you know in case the season gets canceled i can still go home and and hang out with my family and all that but right now it doesn't make really sense for me to go home
0: what what does your day to day look like with with the working out and and everything like that
1: uh i gotta admit it's, it's really not that easy after you know, i mean i don't know it's been like eight weeks now or seven weeks i don't know so like motivation is kind of low so in the morning it always takes me like 30 minutes to an hour to motivate myself to work out and and push myself but you know once you start obviously it, it's easy not every day is like that but today for example i got up and was like look oh, i don't really feel like working out because it's always the same things you can do because it's so limited, right? You don't have a gym. You can't shoot. You can only do those, uh, boring sprints that you don't want to do. Like you want to play basketball. So, um, but you know, I'll figure it out and, and, and eventually just do what I have to do. And basically I get up in the morning, I work out, and then I try to play some guitar, read a book, watch Netflix and all that. Um, whatever comes to my mind, I guess. You
2: haven't had a chance to get shots up at all um i was
1: shooting uh yesterday for the first time um like really i haven't had a situation like that where i couldn't shoot for that long because you know even even in the summertime after the season when you say okay i'm taking a break from basketball and i go on a vacation for 10 days you know usually there's somewhere a basketball court around and you get up some shots just for fun so this has been very unique for me but um i got shots up for the first time and it wasn't that bad but obviously you want to get back to the routine and practice and you know, I'm just like you guys, I guess I'm reading all the rumors and, and get the updates about when we maybe can go back for individual workouts and all that. And I'm just looking forward to that because also working out by yourself is not the same as if you have like your coach and, and he can tell you what to do and what to look out for and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think there's just you know you talked about motivation and working out. It's I, I it's even harder to do that in in your own home for some reason. Like there's a reason you yeah, people go to gyms. It's just I, like when you're in your own home, like yeah. no, I'm relaxing. I'm I'm chilling, right? You know, I'm playing guitar. You know,
1: that too. But I I have to say, like the first couple of days, I was really motivated because I had like you know time to to focus on my body and focus on all that. which you can't really do during the season because you can't lift that heavy. Um, with all those practices so now I can do more there but after a while you know you miss your teammates you miss being around those guys and like that's part of you know our job basically what makes it so much fun because you're around people that you like you work out with them and it just makes it easier and that's that's what I'm at right now like this point you you just want to go back and work out with everybody else because by yourself you know after a while it just gets boring.
0: Right, right, right. So it's so it's you're able to do some different stuff. I mean I assume that's what the guitar is. You're just strengthening the, the finger muscles.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I heard it's good for shooting. I, I bet Holger, um, you know, Holger Dirk's guy would probably uh support that idea. Um <laughs> No, I, I just I just do it to distract myself and learn something different.
2: What what songs are you working
1: on? Um, the latest songs that I worked on was uh, Shallow from the from the movie and uh, I don't know if you know the the other song it's it's a one man band from Old Dominion and you know I, if you have some great ideas I'll take them uh, yeah I like, uh, I like songs we have to have like a mix of strumming and picking you know
2: I mean any of the like classic rock riffs seem like they'd be fun I'm not a, I don't play guitar I was a percussionist but any of the like a c d c queen any of that stuff that that has like the the really heavy guitar they all seem like they'd be pretty fun,
1: yeah, I think they're fun, but they're also super tough um I actually have to check them out i, I didn't I didn't do that yet I, I try to play like softer songs so far that are a little bit easier for me
2: well, you're not yeah. shooting, you got time
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely got time that's why that's why I'm trying to do that right now there you go There's, I can't do outside uh, either so exactly. There's there's a, you. I don't
0: know if you know this or not. Uh, you, you may have seen this before. There's this really famous video of, of Dirk. Well, it's famous within Dallas Mav fan circles, um, but, but it's Dirk and uh, Steve uh, and Steve strumming on a guitar or, you know, one of them is like, maybe they both are. And they're they're in the Mavs locker room in like 2012 or 2002. I've been butchering everything here. Uh, but yeah, it's Dirk and Steve. And they're just, you know, have a have a rendition of some song going on in the locker room. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that you could definitely get a locker room band going. <laughs>
1: I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I want that. That would probably be a bad idea. <laughs> I, I, keep that for myself at home here.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I could, I could see, uh, I could see Chris steps on the drums or something, or, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe somebody, somebody, with a harmonica. <laughs>
2: you, you um, realize now yeah. they're gonna put you on the jumbotron. You're gonna have to do a jumbotron video.
1: I well, always had to do those. Yeah, I'm not good enough for that, so so that's fine. If they want to take me, like, I can laugh at myself, so that's fine.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the stage pressure, you know, you know, having to play an instrument in front of 1,900 people, you never have to do anything like that. Um, okay. I was just gonna ask one more quarantine question before we kind of moved on, because I know that you you know pretty much everybody is asking you questions about that, and you know it's kind of all we're thinking about, mm-hmm. so we, we can we can we can get into some other stuff. But you know, like how how long do you actually think you would need to get back? in playing shape you know how how long would that take what would that look like
1: that's actually a really good question i get asked it a lot of times it's, it's really hard to tell because i would say i'm not in bad shape right now just because i did a lot of workouts you know biking running lifting and all that the only thing that i'm really missing is, is the shooting part and the basketball movements which are way different from you know just basic sprints um so but I I would still say, you know, to get like in, in a decent shape, probably like three weeks, probably something like that. Um right. just because b- basketball shape is so different from just running and and you know, you wanna the, the biggest thing for me is is not really just being in shape, but also making sure that, that players don't get hurt, right? And for that I think you need a decent amount of time just because Those movements, you have to get back into them, like defensive slides, you know, be stable. Your knee has to be stable. You do a lot more jumping, jumping with people around you and all that stuff. So there's like a high risk. So you want to make sure everybody's prepared and ready for that. So you you probably need like three to four weeks, I guess. But um, we will see how much time we get, you know, like that's why I try to stay in the best shape I can right now.
0: How much are people from the Mavericks checking in on you with with you know just in terms of you know encouraging with you with your workouts you know jeremy jace and and Casey and them
1: yeah they they have a program for us what we are supposed to do, like you know lifting stuff and running the basic stuff that we can do and um they they put in optional oh. yoga stuff, so they really they really take great care of us, and we have um at least one guy from the Mavericks every day who's checking on us and seeing how we're feeling, if we're doing all right and all that, just to make sure that we're healthy and uh, in case we need something.
2: Is this about the longest that you've gone without playing a basketball game
1: since you were a uh, kid? Playing a basketball game, not necessarily because the last years in the summer, I didn't play games.
2: did pick up?
1: To not, well, actually, well, I had, I had national teams. So I can't oh, move. right. I actually don't know, but it, it might be the longest time, but for sure it's been the longest time without like shooting because usually, like I said, you always find a basketball court and, and shoot no matter where the court is at. And if the rim is maybe just nine feet instead of 10, you just, just go and shoot for fun, you know? Um, so for sure, it's, it's very weird right now. Yeah. So
0: I wanted to talk to you about kind of your, your journey to the NBA, you know, in, in your career, but that I was, I was going to ask about, um, you know, you missed two seasons with, with, an injury and then I, I guess the, the re-injury or just had to have a surgery again. I, well, it was probably yeah. back then, right? I, I assume you couldn't shoot much during your rehab um, in 2012, 2015.
1: Um, I couldn't really shoot that much. I actually had a lot. I had, I had more than two years. Ahead of this, um, there was, I had like a, a tough stretch after my first big injury, um, you know, because my body could not really adapt um, to me coming back. Then I had like small injuries left and right all the time, jumping back and forth. Um, but you know, you could always like do shots, like sitting on a chair and stuff like that. So even then, or I I just, you know, I still go to practice, have a ball in my hand, dribble sitting down and all that stuff, um, stuff that I don't want to do here in my apartment because I don't want to annoy my neighbors. (laughs) Um, so, um, yeah, you always find a way to do something like even now, you know, at home you can do something like you can still work a little bit on like. Touch and feeling and all that, and maybe I go on the balcony, dribble there, or go a little bit outside. But I try to like avoid that as much as I can.
0: And then you, I mean, I saw you practicing. Oh man, what uh, curling? I saw, <laughs> you had a you had a curling video, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was actually too sport at home and I had to, I had to clean my apartment and I saw this video before and I was like, that looked actually like fun and I felt like I should post it too. <laughs>
0: um, did you, uh, were you always one of those kids who just were certain you were going to make it to the NBA or, or how did that develop? Because as you went through two, you know, two years basically that you missed with basketball, I'm sure. You know, even even if you believed you could make the NBA, I'm sure that would cause you to kind of second guess yourself a little bit. I, I would I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I mean, you want the full story? Like, absolutely. It's take me like a minute to to tell. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, he, here's how it started. The first time that I, you know, I always dreamed obviously of basketball and NBA and all that stuff since I was little and started knowing about basketball. And then at one point, I think I was 14 years old. Um, my coach back then asked me hey what do you want to achieve with basketball because they started building up a new team in my hometown right so I said I want to play in the NBA and then he looked at me and he was like that's funny like obviously everybody wants to go to the NBA but let's be realistic you know you have the talent <laughs> that can see you maybe in maybe in the first league in Germany so I was like okay sure so <laughs> we just agreed on that and you know then then I started playing for the hometown team which was fourth league back then and we moved up every year. Eventually, we were in the first uh, first league. And for all those years, you heard everybody saying, like, oh, he will eventually be in the NBA and all that. So people talked about it all the time, but I didn't really believe it. And just because I know how hard it is, and there was basically only Dirk Nowitzki in the league, and it, it seemed so unrealistic. But obviously, it was always a dream of mine to be able to play here. And since you heard so many stories about you might make it, you might make it, and then you go to, like, uh, a camp and I don't know if you ever heard of it but it's like basically selected European players like the best out of Europe um it's basically like an audition for the NBA draft right and right. I went there and I impressed some. I impressed some people unfortunately broke my hand there in my in my third game that I wanted to play um but I left you know a good mark there and they were happy about it and I was like wow it, it might really be realistic for me to reach the NBA and uh, you know, there were a couple of situations like that. I had a really great season in Spain in 2014, 15. And uh when I, this summer I went I went to do some tryouts and workouts um in the NBA and I got hurt again. And at that point that was when I was really guessing, wow, like maybe it's not meant to be for me to be in the NBA because every time it felt like I was right there, something happened. Like I injured myself. Um, you know, and I, I kept working, I kept staying positive. But at that point I really had to say that was the time when I played in Munich, I was like, you know what? I, I kind of like give up on the NBA dream just because it, it feels like it's not meant to be. Like every time you're so close, something happens and, and, and you're not there anymore. And, you know, then I played my two years in Munich and uh, I talked to my agent. He told me like, hey, just so you know, don't be nervous, but there will be some scouts. Scouts are basically there all the time in Europe, right? But at that time, I think GM was there too. And I was like, wow like they actually come to look at me again so that's they that got me excited for the NBA again and you know I was very happy to to meet with the Dallas Mavericks and figure out um a deal so I could stay here two years and I'm very happy happy about the opportunity that they gave me but like you said for sure I doubted like actually going to a league a lot just because so many injuries happened whenever you were so close
2: Have, Were you surprised by some of the stereotypes that that exists for European players that are when that come over to the NBA, for instance, I mean, you're, you're a good shooter, but you're a really good defender or has a defensive metric called Draymond. And you were fifth in that statistic last year. So like, did you find, like, did you take insult with that? Or, or did you find it funny? Uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny. Not just in my case. Yeah, also in Lucas case, you know, they, like a lot of people before he got drafted doubted that he could like make a big play in the NBA, you know, but I, I saw him playing in the Euroleague. league. I saw him play in Spain and I was like, this kid is special. Like he's going to surprise a lot of people. I didn't expect him to be that good, but obviously, um, you know, people don't really see that from European players. And I always considered my, myself more of a defender than an offensive player. It has always been my role, even, even in Germany on the team side, I've been I had a bigger role on offense than I have here now, but um, I was especially proud of my defense because every coach that I grew up with, that was like the focus point for me, you know, like footwork, like take it personal, individual one-on-one, stop your man and all that. So I take big pride in that. Um, And I remember coming here, I was like doing also kind of like rehab or like getting back into basketball. So the first couple of pickup games when I played here, guys were so fast they just passed by me I didn't know how to like position myself they there was no help side and all that stuff right I had to adjust to that so I think the first couple of pickup games I played here they were like not impressed by my defense at all but you know once you figure it out again and you know where to be and and what the timing is of everything um I can get back to my defense routine and I I take big pride in playing defense uh
2: I've been referring to you as the Zion stopper Because you, you of anyone in the league, I think, set the blueprint for how to guard him, you know, using your, your physicality and your, your length that where you had the advantage and, and, you know, Zion doesn't quite have his man strength, which is funny to say for a guy that size and that strong, what was it like to guard him with, with his agility and strength? Like he's so unique and yet you did a really good job.
1: Well, yeah, I appreciate it. But, you know, I, I can't take the credit by myself. Um, obviously, if you, if you watch the tape, you see I had a lot of help by my teammates, especially KP. I remember him being a couple of times there just to help. And, and you know, his length makes him change his shot. So I have a chance to get a block and all that. Zion um, is really, he's he's tough to guard because he's so strong and he's, he knows how to use his body. And um, the only thing, the only advantage we had against him was basically that he he can't really shoot, so you, you force him to shoot a shot and if he comes at you, you just take the bump and try to block him. So I say if he if he gets that jumper, like that short jumper on the on the turnaround face up, it's it's gonna be so tough because his first step is so quick. I remember in that game one time too, um he, he basically shot fake twice and on the second one I, I got a little bit closer just because I didn't want him to have such an easy shot. And his first step was so quick, he just went around me. Um so you know if, if if he figures that out it's gonna be so hard to to defend him because it's really i haven't i haven't played against an explosive player with that kind of weight um ever so it's it, it's pretty crazy to play against him.
0: Do you have a specific type of favorite defensive play uh you know on the court uh
1: what I like to do is blocking shots you know whenever <laughs> you have like a nice block that gets you hyped but you know, the bad side that comes with it is every once in a while you, you land on a poster too.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always, I'm always curious. And, and, you know, we we've said this on this podcast about you is that like, you're weirdly good at blocking shots when you're guarding someone like you think, like, I feel like you think about shot blocking and you think about the guy, you know, sprinting over from the weak side or chasing someone down, but like, you're just guarding your man and you're kind of rise up and, and still block that shot. Like it, is that, I guess, a strength that you're aware of? I'm, I'm sure you are. And, and why do you think that is, is a talent of yours, I guess?
1: Um, yeah, I try to, like I said, I try to stop my man all the time. You know, there's some guys you have to keep distance and they will get up their mid-range shot all the time. And that's basically the only shot you want them to take. But other people, if they try to go all the way and you manage to still stay in front of them, what you can do is um, once they go in their one, two steps, um, you can absorb the contact. And a lot of people don't expect it. So when you when you're ready to get the hit, you can jump up with them and try to block the shot. I, I don't always get it, but a lot of times I do. And I think that's something that not many players do. I don't know when I started it or, or why, but um, I figured out if you if you take the bump and then you jump like a second later after that bump, you you get a chance on blocking the shot. So I kept doing that, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I can like literally picture you doing that in my head and I think it you know, and I think it you know is a credit to you. Like I think your athleticism is geared towards that, you know, you you're you're a you know, bigger guy. A lot of times it's a smaller guard or a wing trying to do this against you, and you can take that bump exactly, and yeah. still get up.
1: Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that with KP. <laughs> <He's too
0: laughs> tall for that. Have you ever blocked a shot in practice? I mean, I'm sure at least once, right? <clears throat>
1: um there might have been a time when we played maybe one on one, but I, I can't really remember if I did or not, to be honest. Do you guys go pretty hard in practice? Carl yeah. Rick Carlisle yeah. seems he, like the
2: kind kind of guy that would want a high intensity. Yeah, in for practice. sure. Like
1: like when when we uh when we play or when we do drills and sort of language, I guess I can say it on a podcast though, mm-hmm. right? Like you he doesn't man. want us to bullshit around. Like like he wants he wants us to go hard and, and play physical and, you know, get better and that's what every player wants too. Like sometimes in a practice, when you when you you know during the season, it happens because guys get tired. But um, if, if somebody knows, like the team's kind of like getting sloppy and 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 it looks lazy and all that, then somebody's going to say something, and we're going to compete hard again because you don't want to be on the team that that loses the game or the drill, you know. So you just fight hard, and we go pretty hard. And even if we don't practice uh, a lot of times, guys just play one on one, you know, just to like go at each other so we have a good competitive standard in the team
0: here say the one downside to that and and maxi don't answer this uh i don't want to get you in trouble but the one downside is that you know you could have a a certain luca who gets a twisted ankle because you know it's 20 straight minutes of scrimmages at the end of a practice so that is that is what some people would say about it so uh again i don't want to get you you in trouble
1: but you know the thing is you have to practice right you can't sure sure. you can always adjust on how much you do and whatever but you know, if, if there's a gap between games, you have to just because if you don't practice like that, you get out of rhythm. Like if you look in in how it goes down in Europe, they they practice a lot more. Now, they have less games and it's more spread out than here. But if you play in the EuroLeague, you have to see those guys. They have like a, a worse travel schedule than us. You know, they don't fly private. They have to like wait for like a lot of teams, not every team, obviously, because they have different uh, caps, uh, whatever salaries and all that. Right. But you know, they, they have a tough tune. They, some of those coaches are still old school and they practice a lot. So, you know, the body adjusts to stuff and, and you can't prevent injuries, unfortunately, but it's just part of the, the game. I wouldn't blame a practice for somebody to get hurt. You know, it just happens.
0: There, there's pros and cons to both ways for sure. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I think that, I think that the new school way of coaching is, trends a little bit more towards less scrimmages and in you know a slightly lighter workload but no doubt like you said you know you have to you know it doesn't it's never going to go away and yeah, but, and, you but know, i would the, i would
1: consider actually yeah I, w- I would definitely say that this is like new school here like we do practice but i never had the feeling that we're like really doing too much or anything right And and even like like the lifting part and all that they they try to prepare us for in-game stuff so we stay healthy and all that so I feel like they do a very great job here on taking care of us. And I'm not um, just saying I'm, that because I have to say, like, I, I you know, I've, I've been through different stuff and I've I've seen crazy coaches, you know, that I've been with. So I'm like, it, it is definitely different here. And they, they try to look out for you and, and they want you to stay healthy and, and be in the best shape for the games.
0: I, I don't know. It kind of sounds like Scott Tomlin wrote that answer for you. I don't know, man.
1: <laughs> no, he didn't. Um,
0: I, I wanted I wanted to ask about uh what was it like growing up in wurzburg you know with with dirk being dirk and and like what did what did how did you guys talk about him like like what how much of a hero figure was he you know' it's not not just being a german but but you know growing up in his hometown
1: um you know obviously he was like a big big idol um you know when you when you were in practice the, that's the same like For me, Dirk and Kobe were like the the two guys that I always watched growing up. And whenever you shot a fadeaway or whatever, it was either Kobe or Dirk. Um, And You know, he he always made jokes about me saying I had bad sheets and all posters of him (laughs) in my room and all that. And the funny thing is I actually did have a poster of him in my room back then. And, uh, you know, the jersey set that you can buy, the only full set that I had was Dirk's jersey set. So he was really a a big idol the reason why i loved both of those players were because of their work ethic you know um you back then i could only hear about it but every coach told me like there are obviously a lot of people in in who claim to know Dirk Nowitzki." but as a kid you believe that right so they say like oh he was always the hardest worker and he did all that and extra work you know when guys showered he took another you know 100 free throws and all that stuff so like i like that kind of passion that they have for the game and um, you know, the first time I met Dirk in person was actually here in Dallas uh, in two thousand seventeen when I got here and uh I was I was like well actually I took a picture when I was a kid but I didn't really meet him then. Um, you know, and, and I could really see what people were talking about. You know, we when we worked out in the summertime, he was he was there before me and he worked longer and I was like, Okay, I got I guess I gotta change something because he did so much just to stay in shape and, and be able to play another season. And um, it was really impressive for me to meet him back then.
0: You were in the crowd when when he came to to celebrate, but you never met him before that. Yeah, I read I read somewhere that you know when, when Dirk came over and, and you know sung, you know sung and celebrated 2011 <laughs> yeah. like you, like you were there like you're right there in the crowd, but you, you really never yeah. met him until 2017.
1: Well, you know, there's this picture where I was like 12 years old and uh, I I saw him there in the gym, but you know that's like hey oh my God it's can we take a picture and that's it. So and then he celebrated he celebrated his uh, championship in Wurzburg and I was in the middle of the crowd. Like I was just like everybody else down there and celebrating, singing, we are the champions and he was awfully off tune. Um but <laughs> it was a fun time. And the first time I met him in person was actually here in Dallas where we had the first real conversation.
0: Right. I, I guess that he had kind of retired from the national team by the time you you were involved in it. So it was, you know, you you guys. Yeah, just but missed also each other every, there.
1: every time yeah. Yeah, Every time he played, I was injured, and then I played, and, and he didn't play, so it, it never worked out.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, I think Dave wants to do some rapid fire stuff. I have one more question. Uh, it kind of doesn't relate to anything here, but uh, is it true that you stopped playing soccer because your mom got bored of watching you play soccer? Like She just didn't like it at all.
1: <laughs> Who told you that?
0: I think you did, actually, like a couple of years ago. I was looking at a, uh, at a Q&A <laughs> I did with you.
1: That's actually funny. Yeah. So everybody in Germany basically plays soccer when they're young. Um, So did I. And, and you know, my mom, she she she's not a fan of soccer. So she didn't really <laughs> like driving everywhere and watching a boring game. She wanted us to do sports and everything. But, you know, once we started playing basketball and tennis, she said, like, no, just stay with it. <laughs>
2: Your, your
0: mom would be a good american because all man so many americans are like oh soccer is boring nothing happens I'm like it's about the yeah. build-up it's not about you know it's not about the goals it's about what leads to the goals and I know, that's why it's but oh my but god not everybody uh,
1: appreciates it that way so she was too was happy we found basketball and actually was the right decision so she did everything right
0: i don't know maybe you'd be a international soccer star right now the first <laughs> Six eleven, six ten first, yeah. midfielder.
1: Yeah, I was about to say yeah.
0: Uh,
2: oh no, you'd have to be a keeper or a very tall striker.
1: The the, the second keeper on the bench that never gets to play.
0: Let's let got to be a great gig though. Like you know, you just get paid and you barely have to. It's like being the second quarterback. Like you know, it's it's a uh, you, you get paid a lot to do a very little. Yeah, but
1: but also that's that's not what you want. You want to play. You want to be out there. You know, do something. At least for me. You know, I can't talk for everybody, but um, I would like to play eventually. (laughs) Uh,
2: Okay, so kind of got some silly questions for you. Um, This was Tim's question. Uh, Long-haired Dirk or short-haired Dirk? What's
1: your preference? Uh, Short hair. Like, long hair is goofy. (laughs) Even when he had it pulled back, I thought, uh, you know. Not as bad, you know. For like for like a little stretch, I wouldn't mind it, but in the long term, I would say short hair for sure.
2: All right, schnitzel or Schweinhachsen?
1: Ooh, I like schnitzel. All
2: right, uh, actually, you know the the roast chicken that you can get um, at Oktoberfest is also
1: really really good. Yeah. Um I mean Schweinshaxen is really good too. Like you you make it hard. Like that's a tough decision for me. I, I know like both, but.
2: That we only ask tough questions on this show.
0: The, these are some incredibly slow, rapid-fire questions. I no, know,
2: I know. I can't <laughs> have that. Um, what What is your favorite current Mavs jersey?
1: Uh, the the just plain white, like the white one that we had, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. Do you well, do you, think well, it you have it back- this year too?
0: Right. I mean, it's just a home jersey, right?
1: Yeah, we had it. Pro- it was probably the same one this year,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Do you think they yeah. should bring back some well, of the classic jerseys? Yes,
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they actually are next year. The um I believe the green I mean, retros are in 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 line to be uh close,
1: to I was like is that breaking news?
0: <laughs> it's not. It's out there. It's a, it's a, it's like a set schedule. Like I I had nothing to do with it. I just looked at the schedule. So, uh I think I think it's a 20 year or 40 year anniversary when when you're on a I actually it's, it's the 40th year of the Mavericks next year. Oh. Yeah. 20 because they, they, uh, the, the team came to Dallas in eighty eighty one. So 2021 will be the 40th year. And if you're in a, you know, at, you know, a denominator of 10, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, at 10th, 20th, 30th. So this is the 40th year. So they're allowed to do retros by whatever the uniform laws, rules, you know, oh, all that stuff is. So, so Yeah. Huh. So yeah, sorry, sorry to spoil that, but it truly was not a spoiler, actually. (laughs)
2: Um, Okay, and and then to close, what's your favorite food in Dallas? Uh,
1: Any type of burger.
2: Okay, do you have a favorite restaurant? We're trying to highlight small businesses.
1: Oh man, there are like so many restaurants, but I wouldn't know like what's a chain and what's not a chain, because actually like a lot of those restaurant names are new to me, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah i know yeah, naked yeah, sam's yeah,
0: naked sam's is pretty local and they're doing a lot of really good stuff in dallas doing a lot of donations to hospitals yeah, and stuff yeah, like
1: that of co- yeah yeah Th- this like does not this isn't a,
0: yeah this isn't exactly rapid fire but uh no, I, I read it once.
1: it was yeah no no i
0: have one i have one that isn't uh that isn't but i read once that uh in his canner ate cheez-its um like he thought he thought they were cereal when he when he came to america one of the one of the first times and so you know, he put Cheez-Its in a bowl and poured milk in them and ate them like that. And I was like, "This sucks. Why? Why do people eat this?" <laughs> um, is Is there any food that you <laughs> had just totally did not understand how to eat? Um, and when when you came to America at, at any point?
1: Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I don't understand that's going on in the state fair. Like, you know, <laughs> like fried everything. Um, I don't understand. I know how to eat it, but I don't understand why you would. Do something like that, but you know a lot of stuff is actually tasty too. Um, but you yeah, have actually crazy food here, like especially in the state fair. I've never cool. been to the
2: state fair in Texas.
1: Oh, it's fun. You should you should definitely go. It's worth it.
2: Okay, yeah, I got to try it out.
1: They've got Bobon
0: in the middle as this big tall cowboy guy. Okay, it's <laughs> not actually not actually Bobon, but uh, that is a big Tex who um,
1: yeah, unfortunately burned down. Like
0: yeah. Actually, Bo- Bobon did, um, he came to a game wearing like a, I think it was a Texas flag button, button up yeah, shirt. I remember that. Yeah. Remember yeah. It. And I think a cowboy hat too, right?
1: Yeah. He basically dressed up like him. The big
0: yeah. I, re- I remember tweeting out a photo where I, I put big Tex and Bobon side to side. And then because, uh, because big Tex uh, like burned down a few years ago, people were like, are you trying to, are you trying to burn down Bobon?" And I'm like, no, no, no. But. But anyway, I would never do that to Boban, the only uh, the only
2: perfect uh, NBA player in, in my mind, <laughs> <laughs> except for Maxi, of course. No, no, yeah, Boban's I better.
0: <laughs> I Maxi, you'll even admit that Boban's. I'm sorry, Boban's. Boban's a, uh, just the best.
1: Yeah, I love Boban. <laughs> He's he the funniest guy on the team for sure.
2: Oh man, uh, Dave, you got anything else? no i, I th- this was it that was good
0: maxley anything you want to you want to talk about i don't i don't know how boring your afternoons are maybe maybe you just want to riff about a uh, uh, guitar solos and uh in germany for another hour if, if so we've got we've got the time <laughs>
1: uh, i'm not sure if you want to hear a guitar solo from me like you're gonna lose all your guys that you listen to the podcast i don't think you want that <laughs> yeah i just try to like talk a lot to my family and do all this other stuff like but no nothing crazy so hopefully this is all over soon so we can go back to our normal lives
0: hey fingers crossed i think i think we're all rooting for that as much as we can um maxi thanks so much i uh, appreciate the time dave i uh, thank you for coming on thank you guys thanks for tuning in we'll be back next week with another episode